Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast. What is up, lacrosse fans? You are watching the 66th episode of the Lax Factor Podcast. You're watching or you're listening. And today we're going to talk about uh, 2020's top Twarton candidates. And I'm not just going to go through the list of candidates. Or I may rattle off a few random candidates. But what I want to talk about are the five guys that I think are going to be announced as the Twarton finalists come the end of the year. So it's way too early for me to be stating this now because I'm going to end up leaving one or two guys off of the list that were candidates or that were finalists last year. But uh, it's just the way it rolls. It's 2020. We need to get rolling with predictions for the 2020 season because it's upon us. Before I do that, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell uh, to make sure that you're notified when we put new videos out. And if you want to support us beyond that, you can go to laxfactor.com. You can get yourself t-shirts, hats, mugs, swag, all sorts of things. We have two new t-shirts. We have a New York lacrosse t-shirt with the Statue of Liberty holding a lacrosse stick, and we have a Maryland lacrosse t-shirt with a crab uh, superimposed with the Maryland flag. I think it's superimposed. Uh, So you can go to laxfactor.com and uh, get yourself some t-shirts and things like that to help support the channel. Other than that, though, let's get into this. Um, The first guy I want to talk about is the guy that I think is legitimately the favorite, Grant Ament, senior attack out of Penn State. And I'm going to be honest, initially, I had bundled Ament together with O'Keefe because there was some delusional thought I had in my head that I thought these guys are so tied together based on their mutual success and how they play off of each other, that there's no way this wouldn't be a Lyle and Miles Thompson type scenario where if if one of these guys gets the Twartan, maybe both of them share it. So then I decided to sit down and figure out how many assists of uh, of Ament's 126 points. He had 96 assists. How many of them were to Mac O'Keefe? I was thinking half of them. That's what my brain was at. I was thinking 40, 40 plus, and it turns out 30. I don't know if I counted completely correctly, but it's right around 30 assists of the 96 that Amet had went to O'Keefe. So that means only 30 or so of O'Keefe's goals were from Amet. They're not nearly as married together as I thought. I dare say Folds and, and Amet may be more married together. But uh, moral of the story, Amet, 30 goals last year, 96 helpers for 126 points. That is off the charts. He was right behind Pat Spencer. Spencer was the unequivocal winner, but Amet all year long was, in the media's eyes anyway, uh, the second best player in the country, if not the first by some guys. So I originally wanted to tie them together. I don't think that'll happen. I think that O'Keefe, his resume stands alone. I think that if anyone from Penn State is going to win the Twarton, it's going to be Grant Amet. And I think right now, just because of the way the media works and the way you know Penn State is a 
a high quality team competing for a national title and they will probably compete again this year and they have a very good shot at making the 24 that's going to get enough eyeballs on Grant Amat and he is definitely going to have a crazy season this year that I think he is uh, the favorite what I think will hurt him is that perception that him and O'Keefe are married and that you can't have one without the other. And if you end up having a scenario where they're like, oh, we'd like to give it to both of these guys, maybe they don't give it to either of them. Or maybe they give it to both. But I think that's the one thing that's going to hurt Amet is that he people perceive that his he's a system guy and that O'Keefe, he lives off of O'Keefe, he lives off of the system. You put anybody else in that system, they're not going to do what Amen did. You put a lot of guys in that system, they're going to do better maybe than in the systems they're in, especially if they're good feeders and they have good eyes and good hands. But Amen is the best at that. He is the best possible person for that system, and uh, no one could do it better than what he's done, except, except maybe my second guy. This is the guy that I think is really the best player in the country, Michael Sowers, senior attack out of Princeton, 37 goals, 53 assists, 90 points, nowhere near the help on his squad that Amet has. I mean, Amet's got weapons all over the place on offense. And Sowers, you know, Princeton's not a terrible lacrosse team, and they have a lot of really good players, but it's just not um, built the same way, and it's just not the same thing. So I, I think he's the best all-around player in the country. He is a true 50-50 threat. He went 37 Gs, 53 As on the season, but that's just circumstances, attention. You know, when you're the guy and you're turning all the heads and you're the one getting double teamed all the time, you are going to find a lot of easy feeds and that's what Sowers does. 90 points is not too bad. He played three less games than Penn State. He was just a hair off of Grant Amet's points per game pace. I think Amet averaged seven point or maybe it was 6.4 something or whatever. And, and Sowers was just a less than a point per game behind him without the help. Uh, he's an incredible team leader. The be- I, I, Truly, even this is going to be crazy, even though you have Amet uh, uh, to play here, but I think he's the best QB of an offense out of any player in the country. And by QB, I mean Amet is a feeder, and he is a feeder first. It's obvious. He can beat you on the dodge, but he's a feeder first. Sowers, he will score a goal or dish just as easily. He doesn't care. He's going to take what you give him all the time. And uh, I think he's more of a Rob Pinnell player where he's a true 100% two-way threat. Um and like I said, nowhere near the, the help that Amet has. I think that Sowers is truly the best player in the country. I think if the award went to truly the best player in the country, which it typically does, but there's been a couple of years where there's been, a, a let's say, a sexier bet, and they've gone with that. But I think what's going to hurt Sowers, he's playing for Princeton. He's going to have a hard time getting eyeballs on him. He's going to have a hard time. Princeton's going to have a hard time making their own conference tournament, let alone the NCAA tournament. So I think that's going to hurt him these days. It's a lot better if you're a, on a serious contender than if you're not. Uh, it, it's not all that matters, but it matters uh, in the terms of getting in front of eyeballs. And I think Sowers has been through his career. Coaches, nobody in, in, in the lacrosse landscape that's really tied to the lacrosse landscape doubts that Sowers is the best player in the country. It's just that that's not how who, the best player in the country isn't always where the player of the year award goes to. And I'm not I'm not trashing on that. It's just the way the world works here. Um my next guy, and I think that he, all the rest of these guys, I don't think have as much of a shot as I think that Amet and Sowers do. I think Sowers, based on his, his just, everybody knows he's badass. And then Amet, just based on the fact that he is obviously with his point production, uh, is badass. Uh, these other guys, I don't think have as good of a shot at actually winning it, but I think they all are legit contenders and I think they will be named finalists. The next one, TD Erlen. 
the committee is going to want to give this award to TD Erlen because he he is deserving to an extent. I think what I'm going to do his hurt first. What hurts him is he's not on the field all the time. He's a Fogo. And yes, I know that Fogos hate being called Fogos, but what does he do? He faces off. He gets off the field. Uh, you could start making the – I'll call a PD LaSala a face-off athlete. And I'm not saying these face-off guys aren't athletes. It's just don't get butt hurt when we call you a Fogo if what you do is face-off and get off. Um, so, yes, he's face-off and he's a get-off-the-field kind of guy. He's a, he, But his impact on the game is unquestionable. The most dominant face-off athlete – there, I gave it to him – of all time. There's other guys that are up there. Baptiste was great. All-time great. He's right below TD, in my opinion. And then you have guys like Alex Smith, Paul Cantabine. Uh, there's one, a blast from the past. A lot of guys won't even know about Cantabine. Uh, Jeff Snyder. Those guys were all crazy. TD Erlen, here's those guys. Here's TD. He's just that much crazier in a league of his own. 495 face-offs taken in 2019. 375 won for a 758 face-off winning percentage. That is crazy. 75.8 or... 758 if you're cool. Um, his impact on Yale's success last year and this year is going to be really easy to see. Without TD, Yale does not make it to the Final Four, I don't believe. And without TD, I do not believe that Yale makes it to the Finals. I mean, Yale is really, really good. But Yale had some close games in their stretch to get to to get back to the Finals with winning 75% of the faceoffs. And I think a couple of teams started not I, I always say that teams started figuring out Yale and and would neutralize TD by scoring goals off the faceoffs and in against Virginia in the finals that happened PD Lasala scored two goals off the faceoff uh dot but Yale scored a couple off the faceoffs too so you don't really neutralize TD when you get 75% of the possessions you get 75% of the percent of the possessions i think what's going to hurt him is he's going to have to win a national championship and be the factor i think he's going i think for him to be able to win the Twarton, they need to win the natty he needs to put up 76% on the season and it's just he's just not on the field enough and i i think in the end even if Yale wins the national championship it's quite possible depending on who they play depending on if it's penn state there or what I, I think it's still probably going to someone else, maybe even someone on his team. Uh, we'll see, and I'll get to that in a bit here. But I think the fact he's a face-off man, that's going to hurt him uh, with the voters overall, especially when you consider the impact that Sowers and Amat have in terms of their point productions. It's it's a tough one, tough call, even though I'm, I'm cool with him getting it, especially if Yale wins the natty. Uh, the next guy I want to talk about, let's go with his uh, teammate first, Jackson Morrill. I think that what hurts Morrill is the fact that he's got another player on his team that's a legitimate candidate. So I think that hurts Morrill a little bit. 46 goals, 47 assists last year, 93 points. One of the most solid attackers in the country. He's another true 50-50 guy, and he's he, he does not need to have the ball in his stick all the time to produce. He will put up points off ball. He will put up points carrying the ball. Uh, he'll put up points in transition. He can do everything. He's one of the most solid attackers in the country. And he's playing on a line where it's going to be, I think, impossible for Poles to pay him extra attention. Brandau has emerged as a ridiculous Dodger. Gaudet, one of the better off-ball attackments in the country. And last year, Gaudet started developing his outside shot a little bit more. And that's just going to make Yale that much more dangerous. But you bring back one of the best attack lines in the country, and they come back wholesale. Yale's only question mark is at the midfield where they did lose guys like Sessa and Jack Ty and a couple of others. I think Kotler they may have lost, or maybe Kotler's coming back. I can't remember. But 
Anyway, Morals, I think because they lost a lot of midfielders, that may help his point production. I think because he's got two filthy other attackmen on his team, that's going to make it tough for him to get over 100 points. I think if Morrill gets over 100 points, they have to make him a finalist because he is that important to the Yale offense. He's that big of a player. I think what's going to hurt him is the fact that Brandau's emerging, um, and then you have TD on the team too. I think that if they win a natty, it's like, oh, crap, who do we give it to, TD or Morrill? Because both of them will be key, and without either of them, Yale does not have the success that they have. Now, uh, the next guy, and this is the last guy I'm going to talk about, is Jared Bernhardt. And actually, the only new guy on this list, the only guy on this list that wasn't a finalist last year is Jackson Morrill. Uh, all the other guys I've mentioned so far, including the guy I'm going to talk about next, Jared Bernhardt, senior attackman out of Maryland, all of these guys were finalists last year with Pat Spencer, and Spencer won the award. So it's it's not crazy to think that these guys are all going to repeat as finalists, especially because these guys all play on really solid teams other than Sowers, and... Um, uh, their, their success should be duplicated. Uh, Bernhardt, 51 goals, 27 helpers, 78 points. He is a tough Dodger, just a real blue collar, probably the most blue collar player on this list. Uh, you can make the argument that Sowers is blue collar because he, and he's nothing fancy about it. He just gets the job done with his stick in the pocket all the time. Uh, but Bernhardt just seems to be a little bit more of a tougher get, tougher dodge, comfortable dodging from anywhere on the field because he's played midfield a little bit also. So he can dodge from X, he can dodge from wings, he can dodge from out top. More than capable feeder when people pay him too much attention, but it's the goals that he's really after. He is a goal hawk. He's just a capable feeder on top of it. Solid off ball. Not as solid off ball, I don't think, as moral, but still a very solid off ball lacrosse player. And he's capable of being that guy that cares, just like Morrill. He can carry the ball uh, to create his own, or he can let the game come to him when necessary as well. And that's partly by design. When you're on a team like Maryland or Yale, you're going to have a lot of guys around you to help you. And the guys that force the issue are the guys that screw up that kind of flow. And neither of these guys will do that. They will let the game come to them and still put up five, six, seven points in that game. What I think is going to hurt Bernhardt is because of Maryland's style of play, I just don't see his point output going up all that much. I don't see him getting over, say, 90 points in 2020, simply because you got a lot. You got Wisnowskis on that line. You got some other guys. You got Bubba Fairman at midfield, and Maryland's always locking and loading. So I think Maryland has a lot of tools, and their offense is not like a, hey, let's take lots of chances and let's be super fast paced. They're going to take chances where they're where they have them, and that's about it. So I think that his his ability to get up to that 90-plus point plateau is is going to be tough. To get over 100 is going to be really tough in their system, and I think that's just going to hurt them. You know, uh, uh, people who vote like it when you make it easy for them. It's easier to vote for a guy with 126 points than 90. I think, like a lot of these guys, Bernhardt, they'd have to win the natty, I think, or at least make it to the finals for him to have serious consideration over some of these other guys, and I think that um, you're going to need to see Amet not make the final four or the finals for uh, maybe Bernhardt or um, for uh, uh, Sowers to have a legitimate shot. Um, So that's what I think will hurt Bernhardt, just his ability to get over 100 points because voters like points. So that is my list. Now, other guys that I think, those are the guys that I think will make final, that'll be finalists. Other guys that are right there on the edge for finalists are going to be obviously Chris Gray. I think what's going to hurt Chris Gray and maybe stop him from being a finalist is going to be, once again, point production. He put up 100 plus points as a sophomore at Boston U. He's going to have a hard time putting up 100 plus points in that UN. Uh, C system. I don't think they're going to use them that way. There's tons of weapons around him too, especially they've got a lot of spot shooters. So I think you may see Gray, instead of having more of a 50-50 
uh, or close to an output. I think you may see him go assist heavy this year, but I do not see him carrying the ball so much that he's going to have 100-plus points again. Um, some other guys that I think are shots, uh, Asher Nolting, not a high point. He, he's going to probably put up 100-plus points. I think what hurts Nolting's chance of being a finalist is just going to be how far can high point go? go. If high point can have a crazy season like they did last year where they beat Duke and Virginia on the road – uh, but then still didn't make the tournament, I think Nolting has a much better shot. I think that High Point is going to have to prove themselves again first, and then I think they'll have to make the tournament. And then you might be able to see Nolting sneak in as a as a finalist, but I just don't see that happening. I think there's a lot of seniors here this year, and I think all of my guys are seniors that I have on this list, and I think that's probably how it's going to play out. But, I, but Nolting and Gray, they're going to be right there towards the top, and they could squeak in as finalists for sure. They're both that good, don't get me wrong. Uh, they may be better than some other guys on this list. I just think that the way things play out, the, the guys that I have on this list are the most obvious. <laughs> 